Hey, my name is Kevin, and it is so good to be here with you today. And uh, yeah, that's not how we expected to uh, jump into this, but uh, uh, we are uh, jumping into this courageous series. Can you believe we are halfway through our shaken journey? It's unbelievable. But uh, right now, we've got some people that are going to be walking down the aisles, and they are going to give you a courageous guidebook. And uh, this is going to be a tool that you're going to use throughout this entire series. And so while those are being handed out to you, I want to share with you just a little bit of what you're going to find inside of them. Each one of these guidebooks has a shaken uh, vision update for you. And so that's a lot of the things that Nathan was just sharing in his vision video. Uh, and the two words that, uh, the two phrases that really kind of echo through the pages of our vision summary that you'll find inside your guidebook is what has God been doing? And what is God continuing to do? What do we see God doing moving forward? And so uh, we're just really excited about that. There is also a uh, section on, inside your guidebook for every sermon that we do within the Courageous Series. There's a place for you to take notes. And so if you turn to page 22 in your guidebook, uh, you'll find a place where you can jot down notes today uh, about the message Right after that, uh, there is a life group uh, guide. And so if you're not already in a courageous life group, I want to encourage you to consider to do that. Uh, there is a shaken, uh, courageous table out in the uh, lobby where you can find out more information about joining a life group. Uh, but you're going to need that life group guide that's inside your courageous guidebook every week when you go to your life group. And so the other cool thing is we desperately want you to be connected in community. But let's say that you just can't uh, make it to your life group on a, uh, on a weeknight or that uh, you just haven't been able to jump into one. Everything that you need to go through the materials is in the guidebook. And so you can watch the courageous videos and you can, uh, you can do the questions on your own if that's your only option. And then lastly, the last thing that's in your courageous uh, guidebook is a commitment card. Okay, And so we're not asking you to do anything with this right now. You don't have to uh, be thinking about filling that out in this moment. But what I want you to do with this courageous commitment card is at some point in time, I do want you to look it over. But I want you to put this in a place that's prominent. And I want you to be praying about what God might be doing in you and through you. How he might be shaking you how he might be calling you to be courageous in this season along with our entire church as we consider what we might commit to God for 2024. And so uh, those are the things that are inside your guidebook. And we're going to be uh, using those as we kind of go through this and, uh, and as we go through this journey together. And so I encourage you uh, to be flipping through that and taking a look. But for right now, if you're on page 22, uh, we're going to jump into week one of our Courageous Sermon series. And so um, here we are. Uh, we are... Uh, 
studying in Courageous, the book of Joshua. And, uh, and so before we get to Joshua, and if you've got a Bible and you want to turn to Joshua chapter 1, you can do that. Uh, we've got uh, Bibles out at the hub. If you don't have one, you can use the Bible app on your phone if you would like. But uh, before we jump into Joshua chapter 1, I want to share a little bit with you about how we got here. And then I don't mean how we got here in Courageous, but how we got to Joshua chapter 1 throughout Scripture. All right? So uh, a long time ago, God made a promise to a man named Abraham. And uh, Abraham was a man who lived with his wife, Sarah, and his family. And uh, they lived in an area called Mesopotamia. And so God came to Abraham and... Uh, Abraham and Sarah had no children, but God made him a promise that out of his family, he was going to create a nation. And that God had this special promised land intended for Abraham and his descendants. And so uh, Abraham went. He left where he lived and he began to make a journey to live in this promised land that God had for him. Now, fast forward a little bit, and we have uh, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, is, uh, is living in uh, this same area. And, uh, and, and so as, uh, as things begin to, uh, to unfold, um, there are some time passes and generations and generations pass that uh, Jacob had brought God's people out of the promised land and into a land called Egypt. Maybe you've heard of it. And so while they were there, uh, some more time passes and, uh, and the Israelites began to call Egypt home because there was a famine that happened in the land of Canaan. And so basically uh, about 400 years ends up passing and uh, all the Israelites who had called Egypt home. They just woke up one day and the Pharaoh looked around and said, wow, there's so many Israelites. Uh, I'm afraid that if they wanted to, they could overtake us. And so he, this Pharaoh, decided that he was going to enslave the Israelite people. These are God's people, descendants of Abraham. And so uh, for a long time, it felt like maybe God had forgotten about his people. They, they were living in slavery. They were living in a foreign land. And, uh, and so God had not forgot about them, but he sent a man named Moses who came and uh, delivered God's people out of Egypt. And as they're leaving Egypt, uh, maybe you've heard about this, they cross over the Red Sea. God provides this miracle so that they can escape from Pharaoh's army. And now they are making their way towards this promised land that God had always intended for his people to live in, the land of Israel. And so as they're making their way there, um, some different things happen, but, uh, but there are 12 men that are sent in to explore this land that God has intended for them. And so as they're, uh, as they're getting there and as they're going and exploring, 10 of these men, they come back and they, they have these stories of how this land is... Uh, is not able to be conquered, how they, they're just impossible for them to be able to go there. But two men went into this land, a man named Caleb and a man named Joshua, and they said, we can do this. God, this land is amazing, and God wants us to be able to do this. So we're going to take a look at Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. We've got it up here on the screen. 
And in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, look what it says. It says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. All right, now remember, this is all leading up to Joshua chapter one uh, as they are just um, making this step forward to take this promised land that God has for them. Now, we're gonna uh, jump ahead into verse 31 and 32. In the book of Numbers, it says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there were of great size. And so they began to spread these lies about the land, about how it devoured people and about how it was gonna be impossible to take over this land. And so God punished the Israelites. God punished them. He said, uh, he said, look, if you're not willing to trust me, if you're not willing to go in and take the thing that I am trying to give to you, he said, then none of you will experience it. And so God said that none of the adults that were living at that time, except for Caleb and Joshua, would step foot on the promised land. And so for 40 years, the people of Israel wandered through the wilderness because of their lack of faith because of their lack of courage, because they didn't trust God. You see, courage is required to experience God's promises. Courage is required to experience God's promises. And here's the truth, the Israelite people, they were too afraid. They were too afraid to trust God. They were too afraid uh, to step out onto uh, the promise that God had made for them. Fear held them back. And, and we're no different, you and I. Fear holds us back each and every day. God has promises for our life. He has things that he wants, wants us to experience, but it is fear that stands in the way. It's fear that keeps us from experiencing everything that God has intended for us. Maybe for you, it could be uh, fear of the unknown. You're not sure what lays next and, and so fear holds you back. It could be fear that, that you're gonna do this alone. That if you step up or stand out somehow, that, uh, that you'll be the only one that does. It could be fear of failure. What if this doesn't work out? What if I fail? But fear holds all of us captive. And so 40 years goes by. God's people are wandering through the wilderness but now has come the time that God wants his people to claim his land. And so we wanna to turn to Joshua chapter one, verses one and two. And here's what we see in Joshua, it says, 
After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Moses is gone. And I don't know what you know about church history or what you know about the Old Testament. I don't know if you've ever heard the name Moses before. Likelihood, they, at least you've heard that name. Those are some pretty big shoes to fill. The man that brought God's people out of slavery in Egypt, the man that went up on top of the mountain and was handed the Ten Commandments from God, the man that walked across dry land when walking across the Red Sea. This is the man that has been leading God's people. And he's dead. And so God is going to appoint a new leader. God is going to come alongside and put his arm around Joshua like a father and encourage him. He's gonna speak life into Joshua and say, Joshua, you are the one that's going to lead my people where I want them to go. You see, courage is required to experience God's promises. If you haven't already, write that down in your guidebook there on page 22 under the big idea section. Courage is required to experience God's promises. Can you imagine the fear that Joshua would have? I don't know if you've ever been in this situation before. You ever had somebody come up and kind of give you a pep talk before you were about to do something big? Could it be your first day at a new job? Could be your mother or father coming up to you, give you a little bit last minute advice on the day of your wedding. Could be that you're anticipating the birth of your first child and so somebody's just gonna grab you on the shoulders and look you in the eye and tell you that you got this, that you can do this. This is what God is doing. This is how he is preparing Joshua. I want us to turn Joshua chapter one. We're gonna look at verses three through six. And here's what God says. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And this is what he tells him. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. God says, I'm not gonna leave you. 
I'm not gonna forsake you. He says, I want you to be strong and courageous. You know, in Joshua chapter one, between verses three and nine, God says three times to Joshua, be strong and courageous. And there's this, uh, there's this saying when it comes to reading scripture, when it comes to reading the Bible, it says that if it's repeated, it's important, right? And so in this very short dialogue that Joshua has with God, God tells him three times that he wants him to be strong and courageous. Now, now why three times? Why does God believe that Joshua needs to be reminded so much to be strong and courageous? Could it be that by nature, all of us have fear? That by nature, all of us have doubt. Moses is gone. Maybe Joshua sees himself as never going to be able to measure up, never going to be able to be the kind of man that Moses was. Maybe he doesn't believe that this is possible, but God sees something in Joshua. And again, he comes and he puts his arm around him and he wants to remind him, he says, I want you to be strong. And I want you to be courageous. So in these three times that God tells him to be strong and courageous, he has three different reasons why, three different things that he says. And the first one, he says, be strong and courageous because you're gonna lead these people into the land that I have promised them. And so Joshua knows that he needs courage and strength if he's gonna lead God's people. Second time he says, I want you to be strong and courageous. He says, and I want you to obey every word that I've said. I want you to obey the laws that I've set out. I want you to not forget them. Don't turn from them to the left or to your right. He says, I want you to stay on this path. And so it takes strength and it takes courage to keep people going in the right direction for all of us. And so obedience is an important aspect of following God and being in the right step with God. And lastly, he says to them, and this is one of the parts that I love, he says, he's, God says to Joshua, and it's all within the same paragraph, which makes it even more funny, but he says, haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. As if Joshua had somehow forgotten the first two times that he told him in just the same, you know, five second period, God says, haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And then he tells him, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And so there's this reminder, this beautiful reminder that God gives to Joshua. It's as if God's acknowledging the fear, that God's acknowledging, I, I know you're scared, but I want you to be strong and courageous. On Wednesday, I spent most of the day, all day at the hospital. My dad's having surgery last Wednesday to remove two tumors, one in his bowel and one that was on his pancreas. 
pretty major stuff. And so we had to get to the hospital at like 5 a.m. and it was gonna be a, uh, an eight hour surgery. And so we were kind of in for the long haul and, and we knew that this was going to be uh, intense. It was, it was just a complicated surgery. Everything that they had to do, they were gonna remove his gallbladder and a bunch of other technical things that we won't get into, but it was a lot. And so about more than midway through the surgery, it had been about six hours, uh, the doctor called us into a little conference room. And I was there with my sister and my dad's sister, my aunt. And so uh, we got pulled into this conference room and, uh, and we were like, oh, wow, they're done already. Wow, that was fast. Like, cause every update that we'd been getting hour by hour was as things were going good. So they pull us into this room and the doctor says, hey, we have a dilemma. We've hit a roadblock. This tumor that's on the head of your dad's pancreas, it's not able to be removed as easily as we thought. It's really uh, adhered itself to this main artery, this main vein, and, uh, and so removing it is going to make things much more complicated. It's going to extend the surgery maybe another six hours, and we're going to have to take a donor vein. And it, it, he said, there, there's just no guarantee and he said, the other option is that we can leave the tumor there. Now, when we heard leave the tumor there, like that just doesn't sound like an option at all for us. But then he began to explain that they had mitigated the effects that the tumor was having and that, uh, you know, that it was slow growing and that they believed that he would be able to live with it, at least for a while. But there were risks to trying to remove it. And fear washed over me. My sister and my aunt are looking at me for guidance and for leadership. And ultimately, we made the decision to leave the tumor there. And we walk out of that conference room, and I'm just in a haze. And I sat down in the chair and again, just, just this extreme fear washed over my body. And all around me, I had been set up there for the entire day. And you won't believe what I was doing on Wednesday, but I was writing this message. And our staff has been reading through and praying through the book of Joshua for months and months now. And so I can't tell you how many times that I've read Joshua chapter one, these words from God to Joshua. To be strong and courageous. And I just, it was as if God was just getting my attention. As if God wanted me to see Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I can't tell you in the days after how many amazing things has happened. Doctor came in and said, oh, hey, I didn't tell you in that moment. It was kind of hectic, he said, but there's some treatments that we can do that can 
slow the growth of this tumor. And then the other day when I'm in the hospital and the surgeon, this guy's just been amazing. He says, hey, I was doing some more research. He said, there's something that got approved in 2018. He said, it's been known to actually kill this tumor. And so this whole time I was afraid. Man, did I make the wrong decision? Should I have been more brave and let the doctors do this surgery? Like, was that the right call? My aunt and my sister, like, we just wanted, you know, to know that we were doing the right thing. Just living in fear. And the whole time, I think God just wanted me to trust him. Because here's the truth. There is no cure for what my dad has. The only healing, the only fix for any of us is not anything that happens on this side of life. Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross so that we could be made whole, so that we could be healed, but it doesn't happen in this life. It is a gift, it is a promise that is for eternity. And so every day that we have here on earth is on borrowed time. But the promise that my dad ultimately has is that that this life is not all that we have. And I have to cling to that promise. Joshua is being approached by God. And when I was in student ministry for a long, long time, I always loved this Joshua chapter one. And I would always share with my students that, that Joshua is, is getting talked to by his heavenly father. And that it's as if God is coming down and putting his hands on Joshua's shoulders and he's looking him in the eye and he's saying, Joshua, I have designed you for this moment. Be strong and courageous. Don't you know how much I believe in you? Don't you know how much that I trust you? I want you to do this because I am with you. And in the midst of our fear, and I don't know what fear holds you back. Could be a medical situation like the one that we've been dealing with. You you could have fear in that situation. It could be your marriage. Maybe you have fear that it's just not gonna make it. You can't make it work. And God is just calling you to trust him. Could be in your finances and your generosity. There's no way, God, that I can trust in this. Could be in your future. God might have amazing plans for you and you're just afraid to take that step. I don't know what fear is holding you back from. but I know that your heavenly father wants to put his hands on your shoulders and he wants to look you in the eye and he wants to whisper in your ear, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous that do not fear and do not doubt. That is what God is whispering to you. He's what he's telling each and every one of us. You see, courage is required to experience God's promises. It's gonna take courage and it's gonna take trust. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today and I thank you so much for the blessings that you continue to pour out on us, God. Thank you for 
what you're doing in us and through us. God, give us the ability to trust. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.